Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode. We're titling this one, I'm a Believer. I'm a Believer. Give them a little bit of taste what this episode's about. So this is sort of inspired by, we had, we're talking about uh, Peter Stormare's performance in Constantine as the Devil and how it's like an underrated acting performance. And then we threw it out to the Facebook community and said, you know, and there was a lot of agreement that it was, but then people started talking about what performances really made them realize that an actor was better than they thought or had more range than they thought. Right. So we thought we'd pick some of our own since we're having so much fun doing it. Plus, we happen to catch Spontaneous, so we're going to do like a spoiler-free like review. At some point in the episode, we didn't plan pre-plan it because Spontaneous. Hey, there it is. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> right. I'll be Spontaneous. All right. Let's go. Should we talk about spontaneous? Let's no, we got to fill them in on what's been going on this week. Yeah, whatever you want to do, let's be spontaneous. Cat. I guess. And that's not spontaneous. That is, that is not spontaneous. That is somewhat planned. But uh, King Louis is arriving on Sunday as we record, so we're about three days away from him. I can't believe it. I'm so excited for this I, kitty. I am so excited. I cannot believe like how already... How much personality he's conveying. Did you see the story? Through I saw the stories. I saw the videos. I saw no, the what happened today? Oh, where no, they couldn't no. find him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was eating. Yeah, yeah they couldn't find your cat, mm-hmm. your soon-to-be cat. Soon-to-be cat. And for 20 minutes, they're like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then they heard the like the bag. <laughs> the rustle. Yeah, the rustling <laughs> right. and the bag of dry kitty food. And he was in there chowing down. That is the sign. He was in gonna... the Sarlacc pit of, of not despair. He's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to have like the honoriness of a Gatsby and the hunger of a Daisy. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to fit in perfectly with Maestro because that is the most Maestro move I've ever seen a cat do. They're going to be Cats like. Cats aren't usually food motivated. So like, which is weird because our cats are definitely food motivated. Your cats are definitely. They are tempted by temptations, like the little cat <laughs> treats. Like if they like that commercial, like it's no joke. It's true. When they you do. rustle the bag, they are like, oh, what? <laughs> is it time <laughs> time to eat? They're, they're In fact, right. every night, like I'll take some like allergy medicine before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and that's where we keep the temptations. And our car keys are on there, so that jingle happens, and they've associated that jingle with where we keep the cat treats. That's crazy. So now I have to give them You're, treats. So you have them trained to? Uh, no, they've trained me. <laughs> well, they've trained you, but when they hear car keys, now they think they think it's time to eat. Think it's time well, to I eat. also want to tell the listeners because I, I was doing it, the Insta stories while we were watching. It. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cats, mm-hmm. we finally watched cats like. The movie you did, I haven't seen. Yeah, it. you didn't watch it, but like right. we we wanted to watch it on yeah, HBO Max a couple months ago, like when it came out. Of course, or like during the pandemic, like oh, it'd be fun to watch and like make fun of. That's what everyone did. Uh, yeah, we started making fun of it because it's like it's it's weird, like it's really no shit. It's like it's weird and like <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to look at. Yes, but like I'm not gonna lie, like after a while, like my eyes just kind of got used to it. Oh yeah, like. It was kind well, of, that's how it works. It was right? kind of weird. Like, like there was like, have your part, eyes gone back to normal, or do I look? Yeah, like, like, a cat? like if I, if I, if we, if we were to like, you know, put on a random scene from Cats again, I'd be like, mm-hmm. there it is. Looks really you know, goofy. <laughs> there, but there's there, a part. What, they have like some big ball or whatever it is. I forget mm-hmm. the name of it. But like at the end of it, like Alex felt me like tense up, and she was like, "Did you like that part?" And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of. You guys are monitoring each other for. Yeah, I'll be honest. Who's on board? But I'll, but I'll be honest. There was two good parts in Cats, okay. which you know, I'm surprised because it's Cats. But like the music's like. Well, not I mean, that it's, bad. A, it's a it's a Broadway production. The music should be good. Like they did that song "Memories," right? And woo, buddy, I haven't felt that way since. <laughs> The be our guest during the Beauty and the Beast live action, where like at the end of it, I looked over at Alex. I was like, "Why is that so good?" <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber got you. Yeah, it was weird. 
It was weird. Well, you like Phantom too. I right or no? No, I do. Yeah, I loved so it. So you like Enter the Lover? Yeah, I, and I always thought I hated musical theater. <laughs> Alex is like, do you like musical theater? Like, <laughs> wait, no. what's the other part that's good? Because everyone likes Memory. The, oh, the Jellico Ball. The same oh, as, the ball. The, the ball. Whatever. There's also Ian McKellen's in it, and he meows a few times, mm-hmm. and we laugh because it's really like it's still, like there's parts that just it's completely a, there's parts that just completely take you out because it's so weird. But then he does this song about like how he's this old Broadway cat, and like he clearly only has like a couple of years left. Sure. And it was like really sad, but it also helps that just it's. I mean, part of it is because you're looking at Ian McKellen's face, and Ian McKellen's a great mm-hmm. actor. But then Idris Elba, who's great, mm-hmm. uh, takes off his like pimp coat, and okay. he's got this like short cat first, but he just looks like a naked cat with Idris Elba's <laughs> face. It was the weirdest. What the hell? It was so weird. See, this is why I didn't watch it. I this is exactly what I feared was that it was going to be really, really strange. Not like fun, bad, strange, bad. There was strange, bad. But you're is, saying it was fun, sort of good, somewhat. It at like two parts. Oh, the rest of it was <laughs> so, the rest so, of it rest was pretty. Like, so like it's on, two hours and ten minutes of bad. Well, five I'll, minutes well of I'll be honest with you. Like, if they hadn't done that weird CGI and they had to like characters, like mm-hmm. Alex said, if they had just CGI'd like tails and like put them in cat costumes, right. the problem is is that they, they did a lot of like really cool dancing, but the fact that they were animated like bodies it made it look fake right. so you didn't get to see like how good these people were actually performing right which kind of well sucked. the cast is incredible like it should have been right there I was one part the, though where i looked at it and the, i just like i just <laughs> i just went what is happening see the problem with cats for me is hamilton the fact that hamilton exists screws up cats for me i was okay. like why didn't you just do hamilton like i didn't think i would like filmed musicals i feel mm-hmm. like a musical broadway production is something you have to go and like be in the theater and have the theater experience, right? Right to like enjoy it. If you film a, a theater Broadway production, it just feels like, like like you're in the like you're it's like the the last row in the stadium looking at binoculars at like the Super Bowl. But, oh yeah, yeah. Right. Well, they did it right, and it's a filmed musical basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what other filmed musicals do you enjoy? So they do you mean like <laughs> when they filmed the stage or like when they made it a like movie? whatever Cats is? Like, well, what? they did it with Phantom of the Opera. Right, right. That, well, sure. And totally. that was good. That, that Patrick... Do you think Sweeney Todd is like cats? I'm, I'm trying to place where cats is. No, Sweeney Todd feels different. Like, I don't know why. Because they're both Broadway, right? Or no, I don't they're even know. They're both plays. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're both the plays. I, I, I think know. Sweeney Todd's Andrew Lloyd Webber too, right? Maybe? Probably. probably I think he did everything. He did. I'll tell you this. The worst part he about did cats... everything that, that wasn't done by... Uh, the South Park guys. Or Sondheim. <laughs> or, or, yeah, yeah, or that guy. No, the worst part about Cats, though, was James Corden. Like, I I just don't like that guy. <laughs> I just don't like that dude, man. I really don't. It's like the worst kept secret in Hollywood that he sucks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I love that there's a bottom of the barrel of Cats. Well, like, that's, well, that's, well that's, even even that's Andrew Lloyd Webber came out didn't like it yeah it's it's like he's like i hate james corden i'm like right on brother (laughs) solidarity everyone hates james corden why is he so like like popular i don't know it's like the like those logan paul like the paul brothers why are they they? popular yeah although they're it's starting to happen right where like some people are their popularity is like rising like didn't wasn't it the snl guy went after him and all of a sudden everyone oh yeah pete davison yeah they were like that's good i think i think people just like love to hate like there's some stuff <laughs> there's some hate. stuff like i'm very positive but like right. 
there's some things that I can just hate on, and sure. like I'll be a, I'll be a player hater, and right? like it's fun, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I don't know, James Corden just sounds like this. <laughs> this is a great segue into acting performances we appreciate. <laughs> hey, that's what, you're right. You're right. <laughs> we're like we hate everything now. All right, so and now here's some great things. Well, we'll take it. We'll take a break. We'll get our positivity back. There, there we go. Right? I was trying to put in a break here without sounding unnatural. <laughs> so I'm like, break, 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 break. We'll take a break. We'll get our positivity back, and then we'll we'll tackle some great like. Uh, that sounds good. Acting. We'll change. We'll change the gears. All right. All right, actors. That 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 actually reminds me of a pickup line. What, what's Did that? you fart? Because you just blew me away. <laughs> I saw that somewhere actually. Recently. Yeah, that's an old one. That's old. No, no, no. I know it's old as shit. It's just the fact that I recently saw that is kind of weird that you just said it. Uh, weird coincidence. Like, I'm like in fart deja vu. So <laughs> this is acting performances that um, remind you that someone's great or someone has range or someone is better at horror than you suspected. You inspired me with one of your picks. I was, I was skeptical of your pick, and then I I reverse engineered why you picked it, and then I added a pick of my own in the same line, and I was so happy you said it. Also, I'll start with that pick, the sure. one, the one yeah, and, and then I'll explain why because yeah, yeah, it's, totally. a, it's as soon as I say it, because you're be people like, are going to be expecting us to say people like like whatever whoever the John Cazale of horror is, right? That's the guy who won. Who is like, John Cazale? No, they're you know he's really not that. He's the guy that every movie he's been in won an Oscar. He's the guy in The Godfather One, Two. Oh, oh, you always see him as a meme or like whatever. No, it's the opposite. They're expecting us to say someone. Like a, like a Tony Todd, right? Where people were like, he's not that great an actor. And then he just turns in a great acting performance. So, oh, Tony Todd's got range, right? right. They're, they're expecting something like that. But that's not the way we're taking most of this. So go. Let's no, let's, like, like I... But was, explain why. There's no deep cuts You, you steered us a different direction. All right. So, which, I, which I enjoy. Like, uh, let's, let's do it. So let me just get the name up there so people can get their Indeed. thoughts and feelings out of the way here. I'm going with Patrick Stewart. Yes. And let me explain why. Yes. Okay. If someone said... Hey Nick, do you think Patrick Stewart's a great actor? I'm gonna say obviously. I, I know I know that he has a big career. I know he's probably he seems like the kind of guy that's done a ton of Shakespeare. I'm assuming. Indeed he has. Right? Okay. But from my experience, mm-hmm. from what I saw, <laughs> right. I only know Patrick Stewart from three things. Yes. Uh, X Men as Professor Xavier. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Star Trek, which I didn't really watch as a kid. It was always like what came on at Nickelodeon, like. Yeah, you're too time. young for that. Yeah, and, and you just missed the next generation. And I never really got into Star Wars or Star Trek either. Right, so right. I, I knew him from that, and then the only other thing I knew him from was from a one-off episode of Frasier when Frasier th- thinks that <laughs> that Patrick Stewart's into him. They think like they're gay, and he's going to put take him on this lavish trip like all over the world. And Frasier's like, "I'm not gay, <laughs> but I can go to the Bahamas with this, with this guy, or, you know, someplace fancy." So he's like weighing the options. So those are the three places. First of all, I am so excited that one of the ways you knew, know Patrick Stewart isn't the Emoji movie because that would have been devastating for me. See, I forgot so, that movie existed. <laughs> right, but so I'm glad that you at least got like some. But so to you, Patrick Stewart is someone who do, does a decent job as Professor Xavier. Or whatever. Yeah, great job as Professor Xavier. And then you don't know him for anything else really except for a one-off. So yeah, it, when you, lo and behold, you come into to watch Green Room, and then I was like, oh shit! And you're like, not, my mind is blown. And he's playing a villain, which is not how the way you know him. Yeah, I was I was like kind of toying with the idea of like there's been like. Uh, 
like comedians who play like the dark roles, like when Robin Williams in One Hour Photo sure. was a big one. Jim Carrey in like was it Room Twenty Three or like Number Twenty Three or something yeah, like that, yeah, like yep. where they do these dark roles. Yep, and they're good. Like they're really really good. But totally. there's Robin Williams about, was awesome in Insomnia too. But there's something about, about Patrick Williams or Patrick, Patrick Williams. I'm thinking of. <laughs> I think the Conjuring Three trailer came, came out today. Devil made true me, horror fan. The devil made the me. The devil do made it. you say Patrick uh, Williams. Patrick Stewart. Yes. I mean, he's just really good in them. And it, what's, what's funny is he's not like overacting or doing anything like that. Like it's a right. very minimal like kind of thing. Like he's just a shitbag. He's a shitbag Nazi. <laughs> but being that like when I was a kid, I was going to bed. I would see him as Picard, mm-hmm. like presumably doing good things for for humanity and then as professor xavier doing only good things right seeing them flip the switch and then you know there was never a chance of him not crushing it (laughs) right but but he crushed it and and he he probably crushed it in a way that took you by surprise it's probably not the performance you would have guessed it was one of those things where like you hear a big name attached to a horror film and you're like i wonder why they did that because they never really do that they don't really do. and then you watch the movie and you're like that's why they do right. It's not like Hellraiser Bloodline starring Jim Carrey. They just do. That's <laughs> That'd not, be so. They don't do those <laughs> unless he was playing his character from The Mask. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that the be Mask awesome. fighting off Zinnabites. He, he was scary as uh, Cat in the Hat or whatever he played. So uh, that was Mike Myers or Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Seuss. Doctor Seuss. So okay, so you think the performance was good? It was scary. Um, you like that he underplayed it, right? Yeah. And then what about, like, what was he doing with the character? Like, what did you learn about the character from what he was doing? Because when I, when I was watching it, it was fascinating to me how he was steering people. It wasn't the way I would have expected it. He had to do less to steer the characters in the movie I have a, than, than I would have expected you would have to do. So this is weird. He would just, he would just like, go over and say like one sentence under his breath to someone every like 10 minutes and everything just kept functioning. He was Nazi Picard. He was. He, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. He absolutely he was. Just, was. Instead of commanding a crew of people he, trying to explore that's space. That's right. He was a commander. I didn't even. Oh, yeah. Geez. He was just guiding these Nazis into doing shitty wow. things. So he was making sewing and like, that's you know what? Crazy. Maybe I should take him off the list. Cause now he's just, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, it was incredible. It was everything that movie deserved because that was a great great movie with a lot of great performances in it. what i also liked about it was is because it's patrick stewart like right. he has a look that like you can't really mistake him and a voice are you kidding me yeah. like that god that voice when it just the fact that we got him playing a villain because like in old school hollywood and this is actually going to come up with one of my picks so i don't want to like do a lot of this right now As a matter of fact i should just transition to this whatever but in old school hollywood they you would get an actor come into a horror movie and play like a lead or whatever a lot of the time. There were eras where you didn't, but a lot of times you would. And it would be like a big name, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like uh, whatever. As a matter of fact, one of my fixes is, is this. But, you know, the fact that he did it and then it didn't overwhelm the movie. That's right. the thing you're always afraid of when you bring in that kind of actor, Mm-hmm. Is that it's going to overwhelm the movie, and that's all people are going to see. Is they're going to every time they see him, they're going to be like, "Holy shit!" See, that's what happens to me with Al Pacino and Devil's Advocate, and I love Al Pacino, right? But like, he's so Al Pacinoing it up in Devil's it. Advocate. Like every scene, I'm like, <laughs> Al Pacino. Like, I never ever buy that he's the devil. I just 
think that that's Al Pacino playing like, <laughs> like right like like doing what he would think the devil would do in that circumstance it never it just doesn't work for me but so that's what I would think would happen with something like this but that's not this is not what no nah, he kept it calm kept it cool mm-hmm. and kept it pretty scary and you just wanted to kill him the whole time you did you also <laughs> hated him which is which is good that yeah and that's like, not easy to do because a lot of times people true. are like trying to like be the character you hate but like they're overcooking it true. like totally. a motherfucker totally but like because he's Patrick Stewart, he knows how to not do that. Or they just gotta force it. It's like literally force it down your throat. That's what they did with the I forget his name, the hateable character in the Friday the Thirteenth two thousand nine remake. Mm. The the rich idiot who owned the house and acted like an arrogant asshole. Right. Like you you knew you were supposed to hate him, but they were like so trying to make you hate him. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna like him. What's well, that thing? What's <laughs> that thing that Alex and I always talk about? Like the best villains are the ones who think. They're not doing anything wrong. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so and that's smart. what that was Patrick Stewart. That's he so was like, it's like, what's wrong with my worldview? He's just trying to get from point A to point B the way he understands it. And that's like, that's what part of what makes it so chilling. Right. Yeah. Although he knows like that. He's also corrupt as shit. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's part of the problem too. But yeah. Anyway, amazing pick. Green Room is one of my favorite movies. So, um, I, I can I, are we have any more for him or should I? That's it. All right. That's Cause it. I'm just going to do the Hollywoods. This is not the one I was going to do first. All but, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Robert Mitchum. This is who you inspired by picking Patrick Stewart. Because here's the thing: I don't think horror fans. I, I think they know who Robert Mitchum is from Night of the Hunter, right? If they know what Night of the Hunter is, and if they don't, they have no idea. They just know it as like a visual, maybe like something they saw. It's like the kids who are too young to have ever seen Psycho, but know like the scenes, yeah, yeah. right? So, like, they they wouldn't expect Robert Mitchum. And this is why I picked it. So, like, I was thinking, well, what's underrated, right? Well, Robert Mitchum is definitely not underrated. He's a very, very well-respected actor, right? Mm-hmm. But not by horror fans. <laughs> horror fans don't give two shits about Robert Mitchum, basically. And the thing that really fascinates me about it is horror fans, a lot of the times, uh, big group blocks of them, or at least the ones, the ones that float up and argue with us with our, with our movie taste, will think that the older movies are boring, right? They can't, they love them and they appreciate them, but they're not scary. They're just not scary. I keep insisting, like, most dangerous game is scary. Nosferatu is scary. Like, Cabin of Dr. Caligari is scary. Like, those movies can still scare me in the right move, seen the right mood, seen the right way, like, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Robert Mitchum is scary as hell in Night of the Hunter and scary as hell in Cape Fear. And here's the thing. He, he beat Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro took on that role in the Cape Fear remake and lost to Robert Mitchum. So round one, Robert Mitchum versus... That's an old school actor thing to do. Robert De Niro. Robert Mitchum beats him. Boom, that's round one, right? right? Round two, the horror round... He plays Night of the Hunter. He plays a priest. So let's. What's the scariest priest I can think of in horror? Poltergeist Two. Reverend Kane. Mm-hmm. Who's scarier, Night of the Hunter Mitchum or Reverend Kane? Robert Mitchum scarier than than Reverend Kane. Boom. No question. He's two for. for he's two and zero. Oh. Like the to me his his ability to actually like bring that old school acting like craft that they were using fucking Gone with the Wind and mm-hmm. Casablanca. But apply it to horror, like the way they used to do when you'd get like a Vincent Price level actor wander in to the horror genre and you saw what like actual actors could do if they were doing horror. Right. But people forget like when horror started, like John Carradine was like the the snootiest actor alive and he was playing Dr. Jekyll and 
Mr. Hyde. Like he would have been like the Daniel Day Lewis of <laughs> of their time, right? But he was starting. It would be like imagine like Daniel Day Lewis in like Child's Play <laughs> remake is how that would would have like seemed, right? But but they used to get involved with horror more back then, but not so much anymore. But when they do like those special moments, man, some sometimes they can't do it because they're too Hollywood. Like, but sometimes like if they're really good, like Robert Mitchell was, they're just one of a kind. Like he is he's one of those people where I feel like if you were in the room filming the scene, you got to chill in the room. Right. <laughs> filming the scene, right? So uh, I think he's underrated for horror fans. So I'm going to give him for Cape Fear and for Night of the Hunter. I just, I was thinking like, are there any other names that would throw on here? And I actually think I have a double hitter with this one. Okay, let's do it. All right, but for the, for this answer, yes. I don't even need to look on paper. I don't even need eyes. <laughs> For this one. Okay. I can so, so originally I was going with Sam Neill. Yeah, which I'm excited about. Um, mostly but, for... Okay. Uh, uh, now he's an honorable mention. Event Horizon. Yes. No, he's still he's still on, he's he's still still on the list. Okay. But I was also thinking I, I could apply the same logic I'm using for this for Lawrence uh, Fishburne. Oh, he is such a good actor. And he is very talented. He is like, such a good Like, it stretches actor. very far for that and, dude. And unique. He's yes. one of those unique actors, right? Like, he's one of those people that no one else can be that actor. Right? Yeah, in fact, I think I might... Uh, so I was going to give it for, to Sam Neill because of, like, I grew up watching Jurassic Park. Sure. And then, and then he was also in that movie, you like, Possessor, right? He was in Possession. Possession. Which, which was, I mean, he was going toe-to-toe with possibly the greatest female performance in a horror movie history, like of all time. It was like a, a, I mean, that cast is like five people, right? right? So it's like an hour and a half of like, you know, I, I it's Ali Frazier, man. <laughs> like, like those are two great actors. And he was, I mean, they're amazing at it. You can see why they almost cast him as James Bond. He was almost James Bond. Yeah. He was heavily considered. for James Bond. Wow. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna switch okay. it to Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Sell me on. Sell me on Lawrence Fishburne. All right. First of all, yeah. if I could do his voice, I would just be like Will <laughs> Graves. Because <laughs> anytime he said that animal, I was like, this scene's about to rock. <laughs> totally. So I would, okay, let me connect these dots in mm-hmm. real time. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this on the fly. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards in time. Okay. I'm gonna start with the latest, which for me would be Hannibal. Yes. Back 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 back. We got Morpheus from the Matrix. Indeed. Well, okay. Well, when would be the time? So my first, so my first experience with seeing him perform would be in the Matrix. Okay. Which is Morpheus is fantastic, and it's one of your favorite movies. One of my favorite movies. Uh, ah, do I still got to give it to Sam Neill because of the <laughs> thing? Okay, you know what? Lawrence Fishburne is the honorable mention. Is then he also did Cowboy? Uh, yeah, but what? Uh, true, but like I, I think you're more excited about Sam Neill because I think you're more excited about. The fact that the kindly like Jurassic Park dude scared the shit out of you. Yeah, in, no, in, we're gonna go that route. In Event Horizon, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Lawrence in this because he was terrifying in Event Horizon. It was a big. Difference. He looked like he had seen some shit without <laughs> like, that with other no eyes. people. <laughs> right, but he looked like he had seen some shit that other people hadn't seen, and that's not even counting in the Mouth of Madness, where he's fucking amazing. Right, so like. I mean, Sam Neill is such a great answer. He's such a great answer. And you know what? And it fits more for the thing. Because, like, I loved Jurassic Park. and then when, But when I saw Event Horizon, 
I was like, oh, so the dude I love from Jurassic Park can be really <laughs> fucking scary. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, let me so let me be a total heretic here. Let's right? do it. Watch, watch me just get burned to the ground by all horror, like, fandom that, that ever hears about this, right? Because... If, if I had to remove one body of work, I had no choice. I don't want to. Right. But if I had to remove one acting body of work and it was Bruce Campbell or Sam Neill, I would have to get rid of Bruce Campbell. Sam Neill's performances are more meaningful to me across a wider span of movies. And they go deeper. Like, possession means more to me than any of the evil dead as much as i appreciate and love right. evil dead is literally one of my gateway horror movies like i i have all that like but i'm just saying like sam neil sneaks up on you like you're like oh sam neil he's like on twitter he's on a farm he's like occasionally pops up here or there you see him in the jurassic park hat and you're like oh it's cute and he does a selfie with jeff goldblum and like whatever and you're like but then all of a sudden when i start thinking about his career i'm like wait a minute his career is more essential. He's got some challenges. Like Bruce Campbell to me. So I just wanted to like. Plus, I think he's going to be in the new Jurassic Park. And everyone was like, oh, hell yeah, because it's Sam Neill. <laughs> like everyone's. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to go. Right. There. Why wasn't he there the whole time? What the hell were you thinking? Right. Yeah, no, I think I'm. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. That's one. a good. That's I'm going to stick with that one. I don't really have much to elaborate because, I mean, if you've seen Event Horizon, <laughs> it's just like it's so self explanatory as to why. Yeah, no, you no. Know? I'm, I'm totally and, if, and if you played the Dead Space games too, which give you give off a very similar vibe, mm-hmm. uh, it even makes it more scary because you feel like you've been in that world. And then when you see him perform, you're like, oh, I could imagine being Isaac from Dead Space and coming across him and having to blast his leg, his limbs off. <laughs> you know? I'm I'm telling you, man, he he um he does like possession eighty one, if if you haven't seen it, it's it's almost it's almost like the Hamlet of horror, right? Like it's really? like Yeah, and I don't mean like the, because Hamlet's the the best play ever written. But, like, so it's not like it's the best movie ever done, whatever, but, like, actors think of Hamlet as, like, the ultimate challenge. So, like, to just be on a screen going toe-to-toe with another actor for the entire movie with almost... You're just in rooms, like, Mm -hmm. with dialogue and a few props and, like... And to pull that off and make it intense and entertaining, like... It's a miracle. He's a fucking amazing. It's a great answer. I'm, I'm enthused. All right, I'm gonna stick with that one. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna stamp it. it. In. I'm gonna switch gears here. Let's let's. I'm gonna back into this because there my, the the other two ones I'm gonna say are connected, but I, the the connection will become apparent in a minute. But I I'm gonna say Jennifer Jason Lee. So this bothers me about Jennifer Jason Lee, and like I have to be on. Online for horror a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for the stuff we do and like whatever, right? And you know how like it doesn't matter who it is; it could be the most obscure person on earth, right? It could be like, it could be like Charles Lawton played like <laughs> like Doctor Moreau once, right? And directed Night of the Hunter, by the way, um, his only movie he ever directed. Um, Imagine that just being your one, and <laughs> right? One Ugh. the one this is one movie directed credit, but he um you know. There'll be like a happy birthday, happy 132nd birthday to Charles Long or whatever. <laughs> but Jennifer Jason Lee just comes and goes. No one cares, right? So let me let me throw this pitch to you real quick. So Jennifer Jason Lee, by the way, is the daughter of the late Vic Morrow of the Twilight Zone movie, right? So which I did not know. So mm. so she already has a horror like franchise connection, right? But let me just throw a couple of movie names at you: Single White Female, Possessor, Annihilation, Dolores Claiborne, The Hitcher. 
And she is she, like a third of her credits are great horror movies. That's pretty good. Where is the horror love for the? And I'm not even talking about Hateful Eight yet, right? Which mm-hmm. is like, I mean, where she's insanely good, right? So like, but I think people think of Jennifer Jason Lee. And I don't think they think of her as like, she, I mean, she, like if that horror body of work, if you took that and that length of relevance, right? Like where she's in a single white female, she's doing the hitcher, like, like, like seventies and eighties, like horror fans are like, her. and then you're seeing her like annihilation, just killing it. And like two years ago or whatever the hell that movie was, right? Like, I don't know. I, I find her career fascinating. I find the lack of, kind of enthusiasm in the horror field for her fascinating but the performance is twin peaks the return <laughs> because in twin peaks the return she was paired with tim roth oh that's right in the van right she was the killer and they they, they didn't get a lot of because it was a not real ensemble piece right yeah, so you yeah. didn't get a lot of any of the characters that were major characters right but they were both assassins and it was kind of like the evil version of like the couple from Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like Honey Bunny and like whatever, right? But like they're like cold blooded assassins. But if you haven't seen this, Google Twin Peaks: The Return Accountant scene. It is one of the most glorious things that's ever come through a TV into my eyes. It's like one of the greatest sequences ever shot. And she steals a lot of it just with her absolute cold-blooded exasperation, right? She is like such a she's such a wicked like way, like her her the way she says lines are like razor blades. It's really um, incredible. But the fact that she can be like a manic assassin killer, and then whatever she is in Annihilation, which is like. You know, everyone talks about Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary, right? right? Rightfully so, right? But like, I feel like it's this is the same level of performance. It's just no one ever talked about it, which mm-hmm. is which is odd. Uh, anyway, so I'm gonna fight for her all day long. I think she's incredible. I think she has done incredible things in the genre. Don't see a lot of chatter about her, so I, I feel like a little more horror appreciation is like whatever. But if you haven't seen her get into a shootout with a rando accountant. <laughs> on a suburban street in Twin Peaks The Return then you haven't you haven't seen like whatever but um, I, I'm just going to leave it with this because it's my favorite in the, her performance it's my favorite moment because because we are a horror podcast so by, so there's a moment where she's actually really really chilling in this the the guy tells them that he wants the pair of them Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee to go kill this person and then he after that he says um, and then I have a double header for you in Vegas, right? So he's like, I want you to go kill this person here. And then I got two more for you later, but you don't need details on it. You're going to go kill this person. And Tim Ross is like, all right. I'm like, all right, boss, let's go. You need us to go kill someone? We'll kill him. And then he goes, you want Chantal? That's the general Jesus Lee's character name. You want her to uh, have some fun with him you know, first, or you just want us to kill him? And then there's a pause. And then... They're thinking about it. And then she just really sweetly, really perfectly behind them says, he'll sing for me. And it's <laughs> so scary. <laughs> like, it's so scary. You just, and what they end up doing to people is just absolute blood savage. Like, so like it's, it's bone chilling that, that that's how she thinks of it. Like, because it's not, it's going to be a lot of really intense screaming. But she hears it as music. <laughs> That's nice for her. Great performance. Great, great actress. That's a good choice. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go for, I'm going to invert 
how we're going about this. Okay. Okay. So my next choice. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've seen them in horror movies. I've seen him in a uh, few horror movies. Okay. But the performance that really blew me away, which makes sense because he won an Emmy for it, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Bradley Whitford. I was... Oh, I love this choice. There was a couple months ago, I was on the Bradley Whitford train, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. All right, so Bradley Whitford... I love this pick. For people listening, uh-huh. uh, Cabin in the Woods, yeah, he yes. was uh, one of the guys who was like controlling everything. And then I think like the most recent performance would be the dad from Get Out. He was he had that line. I'd vote for Obama a third time if I could to. And, <laughs> yep. and you're like, oh, the, you, that, why would you say that? Like <laughs> you said, some racist ass person would probably say. Mm-hmm. Um, but the performance that blew me away would be The West Wing. I mm-hmm. I know it's not horror, but I'm connecting. No, it yeah, no, the, it's, the fine. it's fine. It's it's the question didn't say it was in a horror. It said, dude, which performance made you realize this person has chops? He's so good in the, in the west wing like we got up to like season five and like 14 episodes in season five if you don't know is when aaron sorkin left and rob lowe left yes and it does it it's still not a bad show because the the whole cast is great like everyone like allison janney martin sheen right like everyone in there is really good it just loses a lot of its like poppiness and like kind of charm sure but bradley woodford is so good in all these things. He plays, uh, I think his role is the, uh, the deputy chief of staff, staff, Josh mm-hmm. Lyman. And he's just, he's a character dude. Like mm-hmm. he like watching him. I actually was watching the West wing when I think I had to start taking some calls for pink shark, our, our, mm-hmm. our business. Yes. And I was like watching how Josh Lyman would go in there to meetings uh-huh. and I'd be like, huh? I wonder if that would work on a phone call. Turns out it does. <laughs> Turns out it does. Like you just I'm go, sure you just go in there, and you just don't like try to. You just how to describe it? You just don't fake it. Like you just go in there, be your real fucking self. Right. Talk to people. Don't you know pussyfoot around like Which trying is, to say what right. you're gonna say. Just say it. Right. Turns out that's a winning strategy. Totally. Most of the time. Right. There's some times where it probably it doesn't work, but he is just amazing. That's what no, he won. He, he, he won an Emmy. Yep. He won an Emmy in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for that role, mm-hmm. but everyone around that that show was great, dude. Allison Janney yes. as the uh, speaker, or um, oh, what's her role? She's like the Pisaki, oh, oh. <laughs> right? The spokesperson, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget the official title, but yeah, the writers like oh, it's I, it's it's an amazing show. And that I, it's weird that you came to him th- this way, yeah, because right because I think he's one of those people that actually got stereotyped by that role i think that role for real trapped him somewhat oh, wow. i think his career has been different because he had that role for sure right like that's mm-hmm. there's some people who completely broke out of that like george clooney once upon a time was typecast from a tv show believe it or not no one remembers. oh yeah er yeah. no one remembers that now but like it was everyone everyone was like it's gonna be so hard to picture him as not whatever the hell that character's name was mm-hmm. right and then he no now no one cares like it was these just George Clooney was on the screen right but when Bradley Whitford comes on the screen I still kind of a little bit is like hey it's a West Wing guy you see the oh yes that's the dude from the West Wing <laughs> right. you know what's funny is, is I didn't I don't do that with Allison Janney because I always knew her from like like other mm-hmm. other movies mm-hmm. but like if I saw like and Martin Sheen but if I saw like anyone else from the cast I'd be like right. that's the person from the West Wing <laughs> huh Right. Oh, that's cool. I just want to give him a quick prop shout out. By the way, Allison Williams is, is one of my honorable legends. Um, the the other actress from Get Out. So the uh, but but the um one of the 
one the moments that I rem, it's weird because so I I'm a weird person. I do these weird tests, right? So like if you surprise me, I like when people say movies. I love how movies just randomly come up in conversations and when they randomly come up, I instantly try to what is the first scene? I play this mental game of what is the first scene that pops into your head? If I if I hear a movie name, I'm doing it. So right. if you just come up to me and say a movie name. The first thing I'm going to do in my head is like what's the first scene that comes up when I heard that movie name, right? So the first thing when you say, uh, not get out, but the first thing when you say Bradley Woodford, get out, is just him standing really silently in the background, looking chilling as shit, like really approving while Allison Williams is lying her ass off to the TSA guy on the phone mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's not, it's, there's not even any dialogue in it. Right. But he has so much charisma somehow. Dude, that's... Like, like he, he doesn't even have to say anything. He just all of a sudden looked really evil, which I didn't expect from him. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's other people in the scene talking or whatever, but he's what I remember. Is that weird? No, he, he has very charismatic. Like, the way I was thinking about it while you were saying that was, like, at least, like, in the West Wing, he has, like, the charisma and energy of, like, Deadpool. Like he's just yes. gonna, he's gonna pop up, say what's on his mind, yes. do what he's gonna do. Yes, and he's gonna he's gonna subvert situations, kind of the way the Joker does, but like benign way. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like he's like the benign version of the Joker, that character. Yeah. No, so now, because we've been following him on Twitter for a while, that's but now cool. when I see him, I'm like, that's the West Wing guy. He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really good actor, and his interactions, like with everyone. And the West Wing is top notch, especially like him and Martin Sheen and totally. like the people who are like the writers for the president on the show. Totally. Like I wouldn't is... be surprised if he improv if he didn't improv all, some of that. I mean, he's talented. Once they got away from a Sorkin, probably probably improving all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my. All right, how many more do you have? Third choice. I. Are you done? I have one more that I'm going to fight for. You have one more. Yeah. I, I'll, I have. I can. I'm not convinced. I have two. I can just have one. Okay. Okay. So if this is the last one we're doing, let's go for the last one. If this is the last one, then I'm gonna. All right. So honorable mention. I was gonna say Brad Dorf because holy shit, that guy in Deadwood is like, like acting in a level, uh, you know, in a cast that is like one of. The, I mean, it's it's HBO is one of the like premium creative sources of entertainment for American television for like the last, I don't know, 40 years or whatever in terms of quality and pushing the edge and like whatever. And that was one of their top 10 shows ever. And he's just in there. It's just the voice of Chucky just randomly in this show acting his ass off next to this cast. So anyway, he's amazing, but um, I can't have him be the ultimate one because I have to. So twin peaks, the return led to Kyle McLaughlin. Right. So Kyle McLaughlin, I think he's the true kind of definition of this question, right? Where I, everyone knows he did a good job with Agent Cooper. And then everyone else apparently knows him from this whole second life of acting in, in like shows that I never watched, like Portlandia and whatever other stuff. He's I'm surprised done. they don't know him from the first Flintstones movie playing Fred Flintstone's boss. <laughs> I don't know him from that. I didn't know he did that. Interesting. I don't know him from Some Sex fan in the, you are. I don't know him from Sex in the City. I don't know him from like other stuff. I know him from Blue Velvet, The Hidden, and Twin Peaks, right? right. So like I know the horror side of him, basically. But... Um, Regardless of what you know him from, I, I don't think 
First of all, I don't think when people think of David Lynch movies, they think of acting. And they should, but I don't think they do. So you know, I don't think what people do... If people thought of acting in David Lynch movies the same, then Naomi Watts would be like one of the three or two or three of the highest paid actresses on, mm-hmm. on the planet. But um, So, you know, he is a person who I think people think can act quirky and sort of benign and enjoy coffee. <laughs> kind right. of what his actual persona in life is mm-hmm. right. But David Lynch came to him in when they were rebooting twin peaks and he asked him, can you play a straight up intimidating villain? And the whole thing would rise or fall on whether he could do that. And he has not done that in his career. I mean, he was like possessed for three seconds at the end of right. the first twin peaks spoilers. If you haven't seen from 1990, but so, <laughs> so like, but he didn't, and he, you know, he could be in his FBI competence and like quick reactions and his kind of like otherworldly knowledge. He could be intimidating, but never scary or a bad guy, right? So he has to play Mr. C, which is a villain, which is a stretch that he's, you know, no, you, you, if you go to an actor and you say, you know, if you go to like, you know, uh, Robin Williams and say, I need you to play a villain, and they pull it off, we end up talking about it on a podcast 15 years later because it's, it's not easy to do right? right so he nails the villain but that's not even the end of it because he had to play dougie <laughs> remember dougie? <laughs> dougie was great in his little green suit <laughs> so he had to play a complete blank slate innocent he had to play the fbi character that's ranked one of the, the tv's most all-time greatest characters in every countdown you ever google right mm-hmm. so he had to reprise a character with all those expectations and pressure then he had to play a complete innocent blank slate character then he had to play a villain convincingly and the thing is, if if you're not convinced that this person has more range than you ever expected, go back and if you haven't seen it, watch the arm wrestling scene from Twin Peaks The Return. Right. right? Because he plays this intimidating villain. And they, you know, you use this, people use this metaphor in movie reviews all the time, like a cat playing with its prey. But actors almost never really pull that off. No. But he's doing that in this in this when he's it's doing funny. arm wrestling. Funny you say that he's doing it against Jason Voorhees. He is. Derek Mears is like yeah. yes, exactly. So it, it's it's an amazing performance. But the fact that he hit a triple grand slam, whatever, like the mixed metaphor is sports home run with a performance, like it just I find him fascinating because. He doesn't seem like someone, if you sat across from him and you were like, tell me the secret of acting, he seems like the kind of person to be like, just gotta go with your gut. Follow <laughs> <laughs> your instincts. You know, like, like, it just seems like, <laughs> hope you get lucky. <laughs> it just seems like I, you're just here, I'm answering. Like, you know, like, it doesn't feel like, like he's, he's going to articulate some kind of, but he has, like he's done it in the work, right? That's. So, he, also, he also makes wine, though. He also absolutely makes wine. Bear something. Pursued by Bear, which is a Shakespeare reference. It's Shakespeare's most famous stage direction. There's a stage direction where there's a character, and it says, Exit Pursued by Bear. It's just a... And that's, it's wow. From, it's, it's from a Shakespeare play. So he's a big Shakespeare... If you couldn't scene. love that man anymore. <laughs> Jesus right. Christ. All right, so mine is... A, let's, yeah, hit, let's... Mine, mine's not as, a, as big as a crescendo as the Kyle McLaughlin. That would okay. actually be the perfect place to end. But I no. want to give a shout out to an actress that uh, I wish there was we saw more of. Okay. And I think we might with the Dexter reboot. But oh. uh, it's funny. We were just talking about her. Oh, shit. The other day, Jennifer uh, Carpenter. 
Yes. From, okay. from Dexter. Yes. Now, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to be honest with you guys. So, okay. I know the exorcism of Emily Rose uh, mm-hmm. has got some fans in there. It was that 2006 era where every movie came out. I hated it. It was just, that's where I was in my life, guys. I was a teenager, right? You got to forgive me. Like, I was like Batman Begins. I never saw it. But I saw it, but I want to visit it. Yes. And this is, I'm not giving. It is amazing. I'm not going to give, like, it's like, this is the reason, because obviously I haven't seen it, but I do have two things I'm going to compare it to. But I saw Scott Derrickson. Yes. Derrickson. Derrickson. Um, He, I think he directed it, and he was saying that, she there's a scene where she's possessed she contorted her face so much that the mpaa was going to give it an r rating <laughs> so that is that's such a, a great if you're able to make the mpaa change your rating of a movie from your fucking with face, your facial expressions wow that's amazing to me like i've never heard that before like like no that is crazy that actually makes a great trivia question for our page all right, right that's right. a that's a great thing um but I, I I think I saw Quarantine first, and then I caught up on Dexter. But she just has this like really like comforting presence, right? Which is probably why I need to watch Emily Rose and see that <laughs> see that carpet pulling out from I know from under my feet. I just I just think every scene she was in, like even um, like when she when she was like interacting with with Dexter, she would call him Dext, and like yep. it had this like very comforting like kind of feeling for it and so uh and comparing that to quarantine Mm -hmm. where she is like the leading lady Mm -hmm. i i love i think quarantine is one of those horror films that's a remake of a a foreign film that actually is like on par with it i think wreck still edges it out like a little bit for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons but uh, but i think quarantine holds its own it's a worthy it's like the let the right one in let me in kind of level yeah it's it's in that ballpark for for sure so i i just i just really like her acting dude i'm I'm with you completely. I, I honestly was like, when you were talking about it, I was I, first. I mean, Exorcist and Miller Rose is like amazing, but I, it's weird because she's one of those people where you, it, you, you were like, I don't want to watch Exorcism and Emily Rose because I don't want to have that feeling of you know what she's made out of ruin for me. But she keeps that all the way through. That's part of why it's so terrifying. I don't feel like it's going to ruin anything. I think it's going to enhance it. I just never right. got around. To well, the even movie. when she's evil, she's sweet. It's so weird. <laughs> There's also like a lot of like weird exorcism films like around that time. Like right? even like they're, like just weird kind of horror. Movie. Like that movie came out. At the same time, it was like a haunting in Connecticut, and like yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of these weird ones. Oh yeah, it was so, the middle of a glut of like, yeah, 2006. You're not thinking like I mean, there must have been a scary movie entry where all of it looked like Exorcism, Emily Rose, and Paranormal Activity, right? Like yeah, and so I, I you know, and it's not fair to judge because I haven't obviously seen it, but <laughs> I, you know, after I saw that tweet, I was like, I gotta maybe check, even though it's not in the movie, right? I, I just want to check it out because I'm like, well, if she can do that, the rest of the movie's gonna be cool. <laughs> If you can change a rating with your, with your acting, that's 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 guy, what I'm saying. It's goddamn amazing. I'm totally for it. Yeah. Well, that's good. So that's exciting. That makes me see. That's what I love about like trying to hash through questions like that is because I it makes me want to watch things. Now I got to go watch Emily Emily Rose, which I haven't seen. I in would years, like to. I would like to watch years it and years for the first time. Right, and if time. they ever do like a director's cut, put that scene in there. Like then I definitely got to check it out. Right. You right, know. Don't. Like right. how would you not repackage that? Be like the that doesn't scene, make any sense. Scene. Yeah, that's like a dare. You could, you could lie about it like Texas Chainsaw. You could you could call it like the scene that got banned from theaters. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Market the it scene up. they couldn't show you. Exa- the scene it. they couldn't show you. It sells itself. The scene you haven't Perfect. seen yet, apparently. You want to be spontaneous? Well, 
We uh, do we want to cut to well, we I, we are very spontaneous, <laughs> this episode, but do we want to cut to some of the answers in the group? Oh yeah, before, sorry, before yes, yes. Too, before we get too far, for off, sure, I have that same. You know what happens if you get too spontaneous? We don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> lose your. You want to lose your place. Do you have some pulled up? Uh, here, let me pull it up real quick. I, I got it. Okay, so on the we had asked this question and we wanted to give a shout out. There's some really good answers to this. So the question we phrased it as: What film made you notice an actor was better, had more range than you originally thought? So Amanda said, Mandy put us on notice that Nicolas Cage was back, all caps. I thought he'd clocked out and gone home years ago, but whoa, <laughs> which is awesome and a good call. And then um, Clark Baker said, um, I know it's not a film, but Matthew McConaughey and True Detective. True story. That was a really chilling performance. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. We got a Shauna uh, McDonald in Descent 1 and 2, which is a hell yeah. Um, Tracy said Tilda Swinton in Trainwreck usually plays cool, sophisticated, sometimes cruel women. She was brilliant as the brash, loud mouth, working class chief editor. Loved every single scene she's in. So I am on board with that. I haven't seen Trainwreck, but Tracy, thank you. I will check it out because I am a huge fan of what she did in Michael Clayton, which is one of my favorite performances of all time. And then hold on. The last one here from here was, I thought you'd appreciate this. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Clay's Bang from BBC Dracula. Oh, was he Dracula? <laughs> oh, yeah. He will. Oh, dude. <laughs> that was a. That Can sh- you believe someone commented that? I was. I'm, who Who was the name of that person? We need to give them an Clay's, extra shot. Clay's Bang. Remember, that was his name. Uh, the person who said it, I'll tell you right now. Because that is a really good. That was uh, Alper Toy. Said Clay Bang. Wonderful choice. I mean that that show in the Dragon Limited series. God, I haven't thought about that show in a minute. And as soon as I thought about it, all I can think about was how amazingly well done that show was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish they would do more. That that team was great. Hell, hell yeah! All right, so what you got? Uh, so Dylan yes. Dylan Falk, he's been with us for a yes. while. He said uh, Ryan Reynolds and Amityville Horror, Good call. which would be true because around that time he was doing like the Van Wilder stuff, like yeah. the, uh, two guys a girl in a pizza place. That kind no of. one knew. And then Amityville Horror comes, and not right. only is it a good movie, but his performance is really great. Um, I was mentioning Jim Carrey earlier. Yes. Sophie uh, Houghton said um, Houghton. I hope I said that right. Uh, the number twenty three, which I remember my friend saw that, and I was like, "So what's the number twenty three about?" And he was like, "I can't tell you." And I never looked it up. I still don't know to this day what the <laughs> hell. You got to keep it like that forever. Nobody tell him in an iTunes review. Yeah, please. What what, what the number twenty? Please don't tip me by, by reading it in an iTunes review. <laughs> Give us an iTunes in a, in a positive iTunes. We're almost at fifty. Uh, iTunes review. iTunes reviews. Damn, hell yeah. We're two away. We're only two away. Oh, you know what? If you I didn't like comment it on the group or on the main page, which is over a hundred thousand. Thank you for fans like that. Help us get there. That's pretty cool. So like if 2% of you (laughs) just give us a review, that'd be like 23%. The number 23 23%. would really be. Hey, that'd be something. Uh, Okay. We also got here. um, David Warren from the Omen. Uh, The man has an amazing voice and always plays villains very, very well. Especially he was in the wax works movies. Yeah. That was from Alejandro. Uh, Let's see here. Is there any other good ones here? So, uh, Tom Cruise and Tropic Thunder. That's a good surprise. <laughs> um, actually, a couple Tropic Thunder answers. Wow, <laughs> it's a good good movie. So, yeah, no, those are all those are all great answers. That's cool. We had a couple pop in while you're, we had. Um, uh, we, this is interesting. So it says um, 
uh, anything involving Sam Rockwell. He's got a lot of range. Which, yeah, he, I mean, does he, though? I feel like he's... Nah, I mean, I looked up a list before we recorded. I was like, actors have wide ranges, and he was definitely... He was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I love Sam Rockwell. I just feel like he's always playing the quirky... Like, I don't feel I like... Could, I see what you're saying, though. Like, it's not like a Tilda Swinton, where it's like, she's a fucking chameleon, and you're like, wait a minute, that's Tilda Swinton? Whenever you see, whenever you see him, you're always like, "Oh, there yeah, he is. no, you're right. I'm a hypocrite. That was wrong." Okay, and then no, I think, now that I think about it, well, if you compare it, so like if you compare it from like Jojo Rabbit to Three Billboards, like that's a pretty, that's a pretty that's good a pretty range. well, yeah, you're right. I forgot about fucking Jojo Rabbit. He was like, he was really funny level. in that one. All right, school, and then we got. Um, he was also in the Ninja Turtles movie, the <laughs> first, like the first one. Oh, that's right. Like first hot second. Um Halloweekly not spooky uh Jenny Bennett says not spooky but passengers for Chris Pratt. I just wanted to bring this up cuz we had talked about this on on the episode once. All his characters before that were just goofy or jockey guys without a lot of emotional work. Watching him break down during a suicide attempt showed true talent in my opinion. Agreed. Right. I I found as we discussed <laughs> passengers surprisingly watchable. So, um thank you for all the answers yeah, and participating. We um, we already did the iTunes review thing. Oh, but I'll do it again. Now at the end. Don't I'm, you think I? Don't you think I won't? I'm, I'm just really excited to see who spoils number twenty three for you, and how they do it. I'm trying to think of the shortest way to explain it. Or they could just lie to me. Like it could be something <laughs> so good. How do you think I got these scars? Yeah, they'd be like, I'm like, what's that to do with the number twenty three? And then I'll really never know. Like someone could write something so sophisticated that I believe it's it, and then I spend I I'm on my deathbed. And then someone like goes like, "Hey Siri, what's number twenty three about?" And then I like right before Siri says it, I pass. And I, never... <laughs> I hope that's not how I die. I like that little Black Mirror episode that just unspooled. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's kind of depressing in, in real it? in real time. Rock and roll out of your head. You should good. Um, I'm gonna put in a splat noise in post. They'll hear it. <laughs> okay, good. Spontaneous. <laughs> Spontaneous. All right. This uh came out last year, 2020. Oh, I didn't know it was that. Great year for a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a fun time. (laughs) Right. Uh, The year that lasted 10 years. Yes. Um, Alex discovered it through TikTok. Someone posted a scene from it, and she was like, we should watch this. And I was like, what is this? Saw the clip. Let's watch it. That's so weird. Because that's what I, 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 when I was watching, I was like, this is the first movie made out of TikToks. It's the first time I felt like. Yeah, it was TikTok stitched together it's into, really good. into a movie. So, spontaneous for those of you who mm-hmm. don't know what it is, it's about spontaneous combustion. No, no, not combustion. Spontaneous, spontaneous. eruptions. Eru- yeah, they blow up. They blow up. Scanner style, except for not just the head. Everything. Everything goes, and it's only happening to this. We should group. do spoiler free and just talk about it, right? Though, right? Because it's brand new, or is it not brand new? Right? Um, I don't know. I mean, if it's not brand new, then we have to spoil it. It's a year old and it's a Hulu original. It's not like a big thing. There will be spoilers. Uh, A group of uh, high school seniors start to just combust, uh, blow up. Blow up. Yeah. And explode. Yeah, explode. But there's no like fire in there. Like their bodies just pop like a balloon. Blood splatters everywhere and they cannot figure out why the hell it's happening. Right. And then they just try to live their lives and figure it out. And it's got some really. Good scenes in there. Mm-hmm. Like, it has, it's starring, oh, I, for, I I need to look up her name, but she was the um, the main girl in 13 Reasons Why. She was also in Knives Out mm-hmm. recently, and she's very, very good. She was fantastic, although she 
cannot convincingly act drunk. But other than that, she was. Oh fantastic. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's fantastic. Otherwise, but no. This, I mean, what I what I really liked about this mm-hmm. movie, like from the get, is that because anyone can just pop at any time, mm-hmm. you really don't have time to like kick back in your seat. And they do such. I mean, and they knew this making the movie that mm-hmm. they could just twist the audience's balls whenever they wanted to, and they yeah. did it. At, there were so many moments. There's a few when you know someone's gonna pop, mm-hmm. someone's gonna blow up, mm-hmm. and then there's a few times where you're like, okay, someone just someone just went. So we're going to have some time. And someone blows up again. You're like, well, God, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, if you, if you were like, uh, if, if they did one of those things where they did all the shots in like a color spectrum, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of this movie. And you looked at where the splatters are, it would have been put together by like a sadistic mastermind. They'd be all in the, like the pace of them would be like a mind fuckery. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. No, but even this, even just the setup of it is great. Like mm-hmm. they're in class, and I think she like knocks a pencil off her desk, and mm-hmm. the camera pans down with the main girl we're following, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're, and you see blood everywhere, and everyone just starts screaming. Like totally. that's how the movie starts, and it's it's that unpredictable. The, the now whole way now through. there is a lot of this movie that is not horror, right? There's a lot of this movie that's rom com. So so it's. Right, so it's yeah. If you're, if you're, I don't want Why, people if, going if, if who haven't you, seen it. If you go into it expecting like that, you're watching Carrie. You're not. No, it's very YA. Like it's very YA Final Destination. YA Final Destination is like the perfect way to describe it, right? But with more, like, like if you put, if you put a really young version of like the Mulder Scully relationship and like. Like why, like right, like yeah. Final Destination. It would be this movie, right? So, the the first of all, here's the thing. For, I don't think I'm qualified to, to talk about this movie. I think it's the first movie I've seen where I'm like, I'm just not qualified to talk about this because I think that there are things going on here that have to do with what it's like to grow up feeling like there can just be random violence anywhere in your life at any given moment, right? That kind of dread and paranoia. And there's something very specific that this movie is grappling with in terms of that. That's really interesting. Like I, I right. But um, it's told in the vocabulary of people who are so young yeah, and so clearly doing it the way that that they would do it. Right. But like some of that just, just blindingly doesn't make sense to me. Right. So, so th- that was interesting. I loved it. I actually loved how it was put together. I loved how they were pacing it and I loved that they didn't pull punches with the gore when there was gore. There's great gore moments, right? Too. But but there but there was impact to it. There's actually this movie. So this is like, you know, you know. All right, let me talk to the horror fans for a second. You know how like you, you get this sentimental moment when like you see a progression of Jason masks and you realize the dent in Jason mask down here came from the first time in part three and now it's deeper and dirtier yeah, in part yeah, yeah. seven. And you're like that brings you back to like the first time you saw it. And like, you know, like we're like, there's a, there's a memento that the main character, the actress who's spectacular, by the way, in this movie, um, she has of someone that, that, that she cares about. There's a memento she has and the way she gets it and the way it leaves a mark on her. Right. 
is incredibly well, the first death definitely leaves a mark on her. Well, right, right. Shoes. Well, we're talking about that for a second, but it's incredibly emotional, yeah. right? Like it's a it's a way to do gore, but also have it be meaningful, which mm-hmm. is not easy to do. This movie is actually defter at doing that than a lot of movies that are like the ready or nots or whatever that think they're doing it, but they're not. Right, <laughs> right. This movie's doing a better job of that. I had some problems with it, but like this, this that part of it, I thought was spectacular. It's also got a lot of Heather's. Like it's got going. a very Heather's DNA. It's interesting because one of the things that really was was cool about it. First of all, the scene with there's a scene where the main actress lays down on dirt with another actress, mm-hmm. haunting. It's just a haunting. Oh, when she asks, "Are you okay?" and she just kind of like yeah, cries. the whole thing. That was... Like that scene had was so hard to pull off. I actually just chuckled when they were heading for it. I'm like, they're not going to do this, right? They're right. not going to lay them down here and then have them like. In a weird, almost like couples. Well, it's like fun, well, it's body fun. language. And also because she, there's a Halloween like thing, and she dresses up as Carrie, right? And then she goes to like lay right. in the grave, and you, you even brought up like, well, if they're gonna do a Carrie homage, this is the place to do it on a right. freshly dug grave. So they got you on edge, but also like emotionally invested, and like I mean, it's pretty damn good. This, what they're what they're pulling off there is pretty damn good. There's some really clumsy, cliched shit that happens. The thing is. I feel like I would have liked this movie if it had been Stranger. I just don't think it was strange enough. I think what it did was it reserved all of its strange for the couple places it knew it needed it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was like a camel storing water in its hump. It was like, I'm going to I'm gonna get across this desert. And the getting across the desert is getting a movie made, getting producers to agree that you're going to do X and Y radical thing. Like you're going to, you're only going to win so many fights with the money people. The mm-hmm. actors aren't going to want to like be unsympathetic, right? Like you have all these fights to get the movie made, like whatever. And they were like, we're going to do something really radical that the audience is going to hate. And we know it. So we can't alienate them over here and over here and over here. Cause we know we're going to hugely alienate them over here. So they like laid off and gave us like, kind of like, schmutz like 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 just like scenes i wouldn't remember where you know like or they went too long or well that's they were what, saying that shit was just corny or like whatever that's why i liked it because they had those types of scenes with the caveat of at any moment we're true. Some that's true so so you never even though true. even though there were scenes where like they were you know quote boring where they were talking right you still ha- it's that hitchcock thing there's a right. five minute timer right. with a bomb on right. you know right. like it was that right right at any no moment, i yeah that's the good they point. Done it. it also what that's i love is the, the 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 i love when a movie like trains an audience to like hear something like i saw a tiktok of Whenever you hear like a dog barking in a film, mm-hmm. sometimes that a lot of times bad stuff happens afterwards because it's like an omen of something happening. Sure, it was cool. it was it was I think the trend was like what's something once you see it in a film you can't unsee it. That's cool. And dogs barking is one of them. Um, this movie. <laughs> sort of, you know what we were talking about with the when cats hear temptations they run. This movie did the same thing with the sound effect of people blowing up. It's a very distinctive noise when someone gets blown up in this movie. It's yep. it's like and the, you feel like you get hit. Yes, you and, feel like you're getting hit. And and and, and you, you it's, it's sort, weird how they do it. You you immediately start like mentally like trying to like look around on frame like who just went because it could have been anyone. At any so moment. it's really interesting you say that because because. Th- one of the terrifying and interesting things about V2 rockets, to bring this back to the Nazis, <laughs> uh, it was the first supersonic weapon. So it was particularly terrifying to London like the, or everywhere in England it was getting hit 
because it was the first time in human history, in all of history, like since cave people, right? That like you blew up and then heard the sound after. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that was happening in this movie. We would lose a character and the camera would swivel around and we wouldn't know who the character yeah, was. Yeah, everyone's looking around. There'd be a sound and then you would turn around and you'd see their shoes and recognize their shoes and you, then the realization of who wins would come after the sound. They were already gone yeah. by the time you got, like, whatever. It was like reverse or it was fucked up and kind of great. And, and, and the way they use, you know, people blowing up in certain situations, like, I won't spoil, like, what I think is the best, like... Is, that makes me mad because it makes me want to know which one you think is the best. Because okay. I know which one. Okay, okay. Well, we'll do mild spoilers. If you're not sold on this movie by now, chances are you, you probably will never get around to it. But <laughs> if you are, skip around. Right. You know, because then after this, we'll just. You know, actually, before I send off you people who don't want spoilers, yes. uh, let me put iTunes review. Yes. Five stars. Tell me what number 27 is about, please. <laughs> number 23. Number 23. <laughs> Please don't tell them what number 27 yeah. is. Tell me what number 34 Number 27 was the sequel to number 23, the, fra- the number franchise that was going to be legendary. Pick a number, any and- number. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> write something in a review. Right. It'd mean the world to us. Uh, okay, spoilers. Okay, spoilers. So I know which one you think. You do? But I'm gonna let mine's you... really obvious. Is it the It's the guy with the, the, the hat? It's the guy. Yeah, the guy who keeps asking for his lawyer. No, it's the guy, the main guy. Oh, that was yeah. No, that was good. That okay, was, because like I, it was it was the, most the way they did too. it. Right, right, and the way they did it was it's so obvious because it was clearly leading up to that visual. Yeah, and you kind of know that's what that would look like if it, if that was going to happen. So and then explain. they do it, and as soon as you see it, you're like, yeah, that's what that was going to look like. And that was a really cool, creepy moment because it realized. It's one of those times, like, movies don't usually do this to me. I realized I had been wondering what that would look like, but hadn't consciously known I'd been wondering what that would look like until they did. It's what it would have looked like if you were in Ready or Not when they all start blowing up. To- yeah. Um, so, so, so the visual for the people listening is our main uh, uh, character is with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They, they become BFF. And you kind of know that he, so Warren's going to blow up here. I didn't at all. I knew. I, I knew. did not at you all. Got, you went out. I you, even turned you halfway through, and I'm like, they're not going to blow up one of the iconic couple people of the movie because they probably think this is going to be some kind of fucked up franchise or whatever, and who would do that? It's not like you're going to... I mean, it's not like you start like Harry Potter by killing Hermione or something. Like It didn't make any sense. It'd be a lot cooler if they did. No. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, so, so the visual for... So they're standing there outside of a barn. Uh, it's like after prom or something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, they're talking, and then all of a sudden, it's it's like the, the camera does a lot of this. Co- I actually said there was a scene that reminded me of Silence of the Lambs when they were all wearing the gray suits after the first person mm-hmm. gets blown up and they're at the police station. Definitely. But they do a lot of the Silence of the Lambs like talking to the camera. They do. Type stuff. Which There's is really... some actual homage stuff to horror in it. You can tell. that. They're, yeah. They're... And so it keeps going from the boyfriend's POV to the girl's POV, mm-hmm. and then it goes to the girl's POV, and then all of a sudden there's just red dripping off the screen and he's gone and yeah but there's not you, you i mean the, the first thing gone. you see right the sound's gone they flashbang you right yeah and the sound's gone it's like the white out thing when we say it it's not going to do justice to how good it is the yeah. impact of it is really good but the thing i particularly liked about it was there was no dripping at first it was just red mm. 
then it started dripping. But they they did the process. They thought through like, how it would look. If the, I mean, I guarantee you, there was a day there where they just threw fucking blood at a camera lens <laughs> at like two hundred miles per hour. Right. And then they realized that at first all you see is red. You don't yeah. see texture or light or like whatever. And I love that they did that. They, it, it, was, it was, I mean, for a movie that we're saying is like a YA horror film, it has some really gross visuals. So there's, right. there's two other scenes that I thought were my favorite. So there's mm-hmm. the one where the guy, this, there's this kid who keeps asking for his lawyer when they're being held at this like medical place to test a drug that they call the snooze button. Yeah. <laughs> which it's definitely only works as a snooze button. Yes. Um, so they send these kids back to school, which is also really weird because like a bunch yeah. of kids. Yeah, that's one of the problems I have. Blow up in this right. movie. Yeah, it's very weird. They keep returning to school. After kids have blown up, it's very... When it clearly school is the only common thread of anything yeah. that's happening. So the kid, he's wearing like a BMX, like a motocross <laughs> helmet, like all the pads and gear. And he's like basically ducked. He looks like he's... So nothing... He made his own astronaut shoes. He like he like Mark Watt needed up. He yeah. like the Martian. So like kids wouldn't like blow up and get on him. The problem was, <laughs> and I won't ruin the scene where it happened. Like I'll tell you where he dies, but because like that seems very intense. It feels like Saving Private Ryan. It a does. little bit. It does. Anyways, he blows up. He blows up, and he looks like um, oh my god, who's the guy from Roger Rabbit when he gets ran over? Judge Doom. Judge Doom. He looks like Judge Doom when he gets rolled over. So yeah. he's in this big suit, and then when he blows up, and he just kind of like falls, and you just see his like his like <laughs> his shirt's <laughs> flat, and there's this goo inside. My favorite though, yes, was when they're at the facility testing this for this news button. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping on. Like it's sleeping bags, mm-hmm. and it shows mm-hmm. them all sleeping. And then you, this one bag just goes—it's like a popcorn bag. It just goes, it <laughs> just fills up with blood. And then the girl next to her wakes up and just starts screaming. It's unbelievable! It is—it is a crazy movie. It is such a crazy concept that I think they—I mean, it's really well it well executed. Where it's not really clumsy, it's fascinating to me. It, it makes me wonder if it's going to be the Heather's of its time. It's definitely built to be something that would be like reaction video ten years from now, <laughs> yeah. right? Because like it's the suspense is going to be knowing when things are going to happen, and then watching people who don't know when things are going to happen. I would watch it. Would I, be fascinating already, right? I, I, on my messages, I I, I want to go back and see the tiktok alex sent me and see what those kids are saying because that's like the gen z crowd right i wonder what they're saying about the yeah but that's the thing is i I don't think even no matter regardless of what they're saying i don't think it's it takes time for movies to place themselves and get like oh yeah a true assassin right so like i I wonder if this one is one of those that'll make it because it's definitely like high concept really well executed has the weird things. It's almost too well done. That's the thing is I just didn't feel like it was weird enough. I feel like, you know, Heather's, there are things that are just absolutely inexplicable in Heather's. I feel like everything here sort of has an explanation and that's both good and bad. Like maybe Heather's was too random. And this is, I this felt, is better so, for it, just one thing real quick. I found it haunting how similar what was happening because the movie is definitely nihilistic. Right. The movie's yeah. nihilistic in the way the only only angry like 19-year-olds can be, right? Like yeah. the movie has the attitude of its protagonist, right? So like it's written from that point of view. It, it, it messages from that point of view. So this movie doesn't believe in shit. It tells you on the way out that it doesn't believe in shit, right? Yeah. And it, it, it gives you both fingers on the way out 
with the non plot twist, right? Right. So like, if we know that this movie doesn't believe in even doesn't even believe in us because it gave us the biggest fuck you good on the way out in terms of paying off the plot of explaining why this shit happened, right? So so like so it did that, right? So you've got a movie that's kind of hostile to you, but what's fascinating to me is it was like really weirdly emotional, like it really weirdly had heart in like very strange places that made it awesome. Right. Right. I don't know how it was. I don't know how it managed to be hostile and still pull off the, the good stuff, but it did. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was weird enough in places. It kind of, I keep thinking like comparing it to like Slither for some reason. Okay. And I don't know why, like I always think of Slither as this like, kind of weird from outer space mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, horror, sure. horror film that like just right. kind of came out of nowhere and it has like its own place i feel like this kind of has its own place because like they did a lot of really cool stuff for like talk like addressing like looking at the camera addressing mm-hmm. the audience mm-hmm. and then like just kind of using it wherever they needed i don't know I, th- I thought it was i thought it was weird enough i think it might hold up I I, yeah, no, no. I think I mean it could be a classic for all I know. I think it's I think it's really well done. It just it's strange. It the strange part to me is that when you have a, a movie that's brave enough to do the birds at you. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock had to earn that. Like he had to get his whole career to the point where he could just end a movie and be like birds. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it was just the birds. Like, I mean, that still bothers people <laughs> to this mm-hmm. day. Right. And this movie does that. Right. So like the movie's like, we're going to do something that most movies can't get away with. Right. But in between that, when the couples were talking, they were framed exactly the way I thought they would be. They were framed with like the twinkle lights outside and like whatever. They would say things like, did you notice we stopped walking? Like where you're like, I, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say like you're all saying things that you would say and like like I I'm like why is why is the movie like super edgy over here and then super conventional over here or am I just misseeing it right like that was what I was wondering was was I didn't get any of that I I don't know I just so you bought the whole relationship scenes and and like the, I bought it because the friendship I, scenes because the friendship. Her and her best friend scene, I never bought. I didn't feel like they cared about each other at all. There were times where she did forget about like her best friend, <laughs> like a little bit. Um, but like also like I mean, there's 17 in the movie, and like 17 year olds are just fucking weird. <laughs> like like I was weird when I was 17. Well, sure. You know what I mean? Like so it's not like super far fetched to think that high schoolers are annoying. Are weird, <laughs> right? No, I get it. I, I get that they're being weird and random, but the movie's making choices about what to show us, right? And like. There were other teenagers making other choices, but the teenagers we were following, the 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 main character was well. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too hard. Maybe I'm just overthinking. Well, it. she it was, was maybe, trying. I think. I think what the film was trying to get at was she was obviously trying to like numb out a lot. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning of the movie, she was doing shrooms, and then when everyone started running, she started stealing. Like, which is which is really weird because the whole town knew about these teenagers that so she would steal alcohol. From like the store, just like she would just grab two bottles and walk out, and they would just look at her because they're like, "She's gonna fucking blow up." I ain't touching yeah, but, her. <laughs> I ain't touching her. And they thought she was possibly contagious, which was a cool twist. Um, but I, I, I think the whole thing was that she was trying to numb out and not. Well, like feel any Final movie. Destination hero, they all do that. They all lose all their friends, and gradually they get the eye circles, and they, 
they they and start to drink and like she that. came to the realization of like well if it's gonna happen like just we'll just let it happen like i'm just gonna live my life and fuck this if i blow up i blow up but i'm not gonna let it control me right right so you to, yeah i totally i get that but the, the 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 thing i'm saying is that i felt like that i had a cool horror movie with a really cool concept and i had a relationship from from this is us randomly inserted in it and i couldn't figure out why the tone of it was like that there when the other stuff was toned the other way <laughs> right like the relationship at the, the center of heathers is the christian slater character and the winona Ryder character right and they're both super strange but in this one the main character the actress is i guess she's sort of strange she makes unconventional choices she right. she, she shocks the people around her right yeah but the boyfriend is just sweet and supportive and then dies <laughs> like it just felt so like pointless. And Life like, comes at you fast. <laughs> That's the only explanation I got. That's the only explanation I got. <laughs> I was, but 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 maybe that was that. Maybe that's on purpose. Right? I feel like, but I, I see what you say. Like like there was tonal shifts, but I felt like they did they what they did with the tonal shifts of the mm-hmm. film, and I bet if we went back and rewatched it, they're all judged by whether or not someone's about to blow up or not. I think you're right, and I think that I think. If you add the tension of that that's running through this whole thing, that that's part of what makes it great. Is it? It's like so. Insofar, a lot of people hate Donnie Darko, but as as insofar as Donnie Darko works for anyone, right? right. It only works because of the atmosphere. It works because yeah. at some point you were drunk or high, or it was three in the morning, or you fell asleep watching a movie, and you woke up, and all of a sudden you're looking at this creepy purple color in a bunny suit. And it took you someplace else that no another movie's gonna take you, right? Like, and this movie felt like it was gonna do that. Like it was gonna we're gonna show you things that no other movie's gonna show you. We're gonna take you places no one's gonna take you, except when we're hanging out with the friends or the couples, and then we're just gonna show you the same shit that every other Hallmark movie or teen movie or whatever movie's ever gonna show you, right? If you think to like Shudder's Revenge, yeah, right. Those characters are interesting and edgy, and you're learning interesting things about them. Even though the girl's the same age, you're learning all these interesting, like intimidating, like facts about like. In this one, we're learning that this guy's super cool and that he's really supportive and that he, like, you know, likes the same movie she does. <laughs> like, See, I thought that was a, I thought that was a byproduct of him just being an indie film. I'm like sure, quirky, <laughs> right. you know, kind sure. of Juno. Sure, but of, there was a lot of that, is what I'm saying. Yeah, a lot of it could, with people blowing up. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird combo, right? It is. Like, a weird, it's it like is, blood and chocolate. It is a weird. <laughs> it's, right, like uh, Hershey's is going to start selling that. <laughs> blood and chocolate. No, I can see why you bumped on. I didn't bump on it as much. I, 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 we both enjoyed the movie. Yeah, love the movie. Um, the only problems I had with it, I didn't buy the friendship at all, unfortunately, and I also hated the ending. I hated the whole, like, we, literally, the message of this movie is told to you like in twenty variations at the end. It's all variations of "fuck you," "I'm gonna do what I want," "ever no one." Nothing means anything. Everything's bullshit. Fuck you some more. Like whatever. It like, it's, little, right? like, it's like it's a lot of that on the way out the door. <laughs> right? yeah. All at once, like for some reason, like a fireworks, like a display, the way they do. That's like a middle finger. The finale. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like that was the way the movie necessarily should have ended. I got that she had that Bonnie and Clyde energy, but right. like, then I was told 20 different times she was Bonnie and Clyde. I'm like, all right, all right. She's Driving her ice cream truck. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was a little obvious, but, and then the only other like issue, I guess, is like the thing you were saying about, I suspended a lot of disbelief, but I just could not suspend disbelief because the scenes were so good. The movie fucked itself. The Saving Private Ryan sequence, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. Like, just a great, like, if they built a haunt for that, I would pay triple what I pay to get into Universal just to experience that haunt. Because yeah. because it's amazing, right? Yeah. The, the execution of it is great, right? But, like, that, that's, you know, you, you do that scene to us, which is, like, this incredible moment. And then you segue to this, this other, like, crap. And I just, like, this one's so exciting. I don't know. It's... It, Everything else was amazing. <laughs> the only thing I bumped on was that they kept trying to get the kids back in school. I, yeah, I, well, I mean, obviously, the the school should be closed. <laughs> like, well, like, they kept saying like we just got to get these kids to graduate. Like, they, for some reason, graduation was the goal, and I was like, well, graduation is the goal. Like, you can just move it up. It's <laughs> a couple weeks. Yeah, you know, and actually, these kids a fake diploma, and you know, you reminded me. I, I I'm leaving out like a really good part of this movie. There was a lot of subtlety. True, they didn't pay off like the explanation, which was like whatever. But there was a lot of subtlety at the end where there was these haunting moments where it was like, "So is it over? Do you think it's over?" And then people would turn to each other and like, "Is it over?" And it was the horror movie cliche of, "Is the monster dead? Is it over?" But but they. They like stretched it out and made it slower and spookier, like because you just didn't know yeah. if it was over, and the characters didn't know, and they knew they didn't know, but they were still trying to pretend they knew. So they're like buying each other's explanations. Like I think so. Oh, okay, good. So, oh, they're like it was my fault. It happened. I yeah, cheated but, on my test. I'm like, no, it was my fault. I stole from you know whatever. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I yeah I think that's I, the way they did that was really good. I think it was a very it was a great way to kind of make the characters deal with the fact that they couldn't even medicate or protect themselves. No one could figure out the pattern. Would you have hated the movie if at the end of it, she goes, you just have to hold your middle finger up and say, fuck you life. I'm going <laughs> to, would you be mad? That I mean, I mean, if they did it the way they did it, I would have been mad all the way around. But like, I, I, no, I think I love that they couldn't kill her. I would right. that, that would no. That'd be really no, bad. That, no. They couldn't do that. That would be that would be what they did with fucking Dark and the Wicked, right? When it was all pointless. Oh so, god, we didn't even tell them about so, it. <laughs> so no, I'm glad they didn't do that. No, I actually am glad they I'm glad they Janet Lee psychoed the boyfriend. I'm glad that they right. had her live. I'm I'm really down with everything except for the fact that they didn't have an explanation for it, and in lieu of the explanation, their message was, life sucks and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> the movie should have ended with them lighting you a cigarette. <laughs> Hand reaches out for the TV and goes, here you go, think about that for a minute. It's <laughs> like, all right, sure. You got it. But I recommend checking it out. It's on, I, it's for on, sure. it's on Hulu sure. right now, so yeah. it's you know if you got Hulu, it's free ninety nine. It's super enjoyable, and and even though no one we spoiled the shit out of it, so like no one who's listening to it is now is. Well, if they're uh, like me, they're probably like, well, no, I got to watch it. It's like me with the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I hear there's a scene where she contorts her face and got cut out. Well, now I got to see this. How scary could it possibly be? But it's a rewatch movie. There's no way I'm, ne- I'm never rewatching this movie. It's, just, it's I'm like, definitely going to rewatch. I felt this. the way I felt about Little Monsters. I knew I was going to rewatch that movie within a year, and I did. I would definitely rewatch this. What we keep calling and you and for people listening, 
you'll know the Saving Private Ryan scene. <laughs> it is. They, it has that level of energy in a, in a YA horror movie. Um, yeah, so. and they, I mean, they built to that. They knew that they had to pull that off, and it comes right when you get comfortable. And they did it right, like it's. And it's not so... just like it's not just like you know pop pop. It's pop 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 pop. <laughs> right, no, and it's a total testament to the the cast, right? Like the, all their reactions, we were buying that they were going through that. Like it was, it was, it was really well done. Yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's the episode. That's it. You know, it'd be really good if you're listening to this. It's a Friday afternoon. You're about to watch some horror movies. You're rounding out the podcast and you, you're just about ready to close your Apple app. <laughs> and you're just about ready to swipe up or if you're on Android, get a new phone. Uh, <laughs> if, if, wow. <laughs> that's not going to ever get any, we're not getting any Android <laughs> wow, reviews on I that see, one. Yeah, I see that. Five star reviews. <laughs> Let us know if you watch this movie, if you like it, who you think is a good actor. Uh yeah, we're back consistent two weeks in a row. That's that's right. We're we spontaneously disciplined. That we are. That, that, that we, we are. Until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. See you next week on time. Oh, yeah.